This is the Golden Question. Hello, hello guys. Welcome to episode 11 of the Golden Question podcast. Uh, now I know I haven't done an episode in a really long time. It's been several weeks. Um, and I'm going to just briefly explain why I haven't made a video. And it's mainly because, right, uh, finals week are upon us. And, well, they just they just passed. And so I put my attention on, on finals this, this past couple weeks. Because initially, you know, I, I'm against the I'm against the the public education narrative and the narrative that we need public edu- we need education to uh, you know education is a education is an important aspect of society. I'm, I'm I'm against that narrative, but then I you know I've started to realize that okay, well if I don't unfortunately if I don't oblige to um, you know what society asks for us now you know there's really nothing that I can do because I have to follow whatever society does so there's a difference between what you philosophically think is the right way versus what uh, what is actually considered the right way in, in the public realm so that's why I, I've sort of made it my duty to uh, put more attention in my education, put more attention in my focuses, uh, focuses in that areas, despite me not actually agreeing that I should be doing that. So that's why the last couple of weeks I told myself, you know what, let me just put everything aside. Let me focus on these finals. Let me try to study the uh, study the matter, which I do. I did understand is just there's some small intricacies that you need to memorize that obviously in the real world real world you wouldn't need to memorize so that's why uh i haven't made an episode but now i'm back i finished so now we should be hitting the flow of things now i do want to also depart i mean economics is an important part of life uh an important aspect that shapes the way we 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 view things it shapes our our theology and um it's an important aspect of life but there are other important aspects of life also um such as some you know philosophies of science that also coincide with economics that although it may seem like i only focus on economics i do you know look at other uh, you know other areas of, of of studies uh that that i think help formulate my worldview right Economics is an important factor, but there's also other important factors that help formulate my worldview. So what I'm thinking is maybe in the future we could start to diverge on on asking other questions beside economics um, and beside politics. Uh, And I I think that that should help this channel encompass a large range of subjects and I'll, you know, in effect, increase my viewers because I'll have a variety of different uh, viewers who, although may not be interested in economics, they might see some other things that they might uh, deem of interest. So let's quickly just get to the question at hand right now. And it is, why has Amazon become the mega company that it is today or the mega corporation? I'll probably uh, think of a 
another way of phrasing this question and that'll be the title of this video but essentially right you have people today who in general i'm making a generalization that say that you know amazon is unfortunately this undesired outcome of capitalism this undesired outcome of the the economic and political system that we have today because it forms these companies like amazon who stifle out competition and they so that's one of their main uh dilemmas that they see in this as a result of this uh of this creation of, of amazon they can acknowledge some of the other problems but their main uh so their main source of the entire problem is because it's stifling out competition but what they don't what they don't realize is although that is a problem there are still other problems that might actually be of, of greater importance and a lot of a lot of the other problems uh, are not shed into light and another problem that that should be taken into consideration is amazon does not produce anything right it's just a logistics network that takes goods from other countries that are produced in other countries mostly right theoretically it's it's goods produced everywhere but what you see is it's mainly goods produced in other countries and it sells them over here directly you could buy directly from the producers of the other countries you see without amazon without this logistics network that amazon has created if you wanted to buy goods and services produced in other countries you would have to do two things you would either have to go through a middleman which you have a business that buys uh, goods produced in other countries and then sells them here and it makes a profit right there's it, it, it's the middleman so it has to include a, a surcharge there on their goods on top of the uh, on top of their already on top of the producers profits and then uh, it sells them to you so that's the first thing and that's the way we've been doing it since I would say the mid 20th century Ever since the 50s, I would roughly say that that's how we've been doing it. And it's been accelerated through the 70s, through the 80s, and up until the 90s. And obviously, after the 90s, that's where we see Amazon. And so, another way of, of buying goods and services, which is also, it's been, you know, it's, it's been not as prevalent as the the initial way where you buy it from from a store that purchases goods and uh, purchases goods from uh, from producers and then sells them here is, but it's also been it's also uh, important to note it's that you know we still have it but it's not as as to a greater extent, and that is the producer himself has to set up locations in this country and then sell his goods and services there. But then obviously that still includes a surcharge because now he has to set up locations over here. He has to transfer the goods over here. So there's still a surcharge there. So no matter where you look at it, whether you buy the goods directly from the producer or uh, from a producer who set up camp over here, if you want to put it that way, who set up a location over here, or if you buy the goods from a uh, from a retailer, right, who purchases the goods from, 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 produce, from foreign producers and then resells them here, which is why you see similar prices right if you want to buy an apple iphone from best buy it's the same price as if you were to buy from an apple store because there there still needs to be that profit of margin there because setting up a camp here still requires 
a cost. You still have to pay people to to walk around the store and to sell and to sell you stuff, and you still have to pay for for the for the building. You still have to pay for the for the uh, the equipment and all on all the entire logistics there, right? It's just you're um, outsourcing the logistics. So that's the main way that the United States consumer industry really uh, is really how it operates. Now, there's a problem with that in that there's a surcharge, as I said before. What Amazon did is they said, you know what? Why don't we just directly connect the producers to the consumers? You could buy the goods directly from overseas. Now, without the Internet, this was impossible. The internet helped facilitate this mechanism right here that obviously was impossible before. I mean, nobody really thought of it because of how logistically impossible it, it would have been to directly con- uh, connect consumers here to foreign producers. But Amazon has made that possible, right? A factory could just go on the internet and then uh, upload the services or the, the goods that they have and then send them over here. And so the costs are lower, right? You don't have to pay for this entire outsourcing or this entire logistics network right you don't have to set up stores you don't have to pay somebody else to do all this for you you could just do it yourself and so it's it's been a lot cheaper now the question is why are these producers doing it this route why are they selling us these goods and services now we can get into another whole topic in which Initially, they, they were attracted to the U.S. because we were on a gold standard. We, we promised them that if you made us these goods and services, we'll offer you, we'll give you back some gold. Now, prior to that, the United States was producing its own goods and services. It wasn't importing them. And it obviously imports some, some stuff that we obviously can't produce in this country. But most of the stuff that we did, we produced here. Something happened in which... We overrate. We we again. There are different debates on on what exactly happened, but the, I would say the main general arguments are that the United States overtaxed, overregulated the industries here, and you could also throw in uh, uh, politically motivated unions, uh, politically motivated unions to help again increase the costs, increase regulations, increase taxes on companies here so what do these companies do they went overseas or they just simply you know went bankrupt and we were replaced by foreign companies so you've had producers in our own country now those producers are no longer here they're in other countries furthermore right to add to that we've gotten off the gold standard so initially it was it was excusable because you could say, all right, you produce us the goods. We've built this vibrant economy. We have a lot of gold. Excuse me. We have a lot of gold. We produce this vibrant economy. Send us your goods and we'll just give you gold. And obviously these other, these foreign producers valued gold. They said, you know what? It's worthy. It, it, it's worthwhile limiting the supply for our own country raising the prices for our own country and then shipping these goods to to the US instead of again giving it to their their own their own citizens. So, initially it was a fair bet. Right? It was 
it was understandable. But now we've we've gotten off the gold standard, and so these countries now they're we're giving them back these dollars in return for all these goods. But again, where when you have a currency that's not that's just based on an economy, uh, a nation's economy, because when you don't have it based on gold, gold is is a valuable universally worldwide everybody accepts gold as a form of currency regardless if you if that person doesn't produce anything but as soon as you institute a paper-based currency not backed by anything you're you're depending on them to produce something in which you could purchase their own goods using their own currency right if i have if i make um if i make What's what's an example that I, like if I make books, let's say I'm a writer, and I produce books, and then I, I want to purchase let's say a water bottle from someone, and I give him a piece of paper that says, all right, uh, this thing's valuable. You could buy books with it. So you you tie your currency to your nation, but it's tied mainly to your nation's economy. Now it could be tied to the 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 stability of a country, right? Even if my country doesn't produce anything, we have a strong, stable uh, political landscape. We have a nice, uh, nice, um, uh, we have a nice standard of living. We, we, we have really, you could say the landscape is nice, right? We don't have, the, we don't have uh, uh, any harmful, uh, you know, fatal natural disasters where we're a very stable country. And so, if you want to live here, you're going to have to pay taxes with those dollars. So no matter, you don't have to tie the currency to the actual goods. You could tie it to the, the political landscape. Um, you could tie it to the geographical net landscape. So as long as you have an, a positive in your country, you could tie your currency to it. But what we're seeing is we're slowly getting rid of these positives that the United States had, right? We used to have a stable political landscape. We used to be the you know the beacon of freedom and we're slowly starting to erode that away so no longer has the united states had i i would argue this political advantage in which it was stable unlike these other nations that can go through civil wars that can go through wars with 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 uh against one another that created instability and turmoil the united states was like you know what we have this huge advantage because we're located across the atlantic we have a strong uh, sh- uh, foundation for our judicial systems, our political systems, and therefore, this is what makes our currency valuable. But unfortunately, we're slowly starting to erode that away, and we're not producing anything. So th- this is the main factor, right? The economic uh, input of it, in that, all right, we're giving these producers, these foreign producers, our dollars. They're hoarding them. There's nothing for them to do with their dollars other than just to collect them. And then obviously they could reinvest it back into the country and then we're, we end up giving them even more dollars. So there, there's an interest for them to collect as many dollars. But what are they going to do with the dollars now that they've collected them? Let's say they reach the epitome of, of all this, this this creation. Let's say they, they feel, um, you know, Financially satisfied, they they tell themselves, "All right, you know what? We we feel like we've produced all we we can, and now we want to reap some of the benefits of our of our savings, right? Of these dollars that we've given them. They're gonna come back to this country, finding out that 
there's really nothing for them to buy. You have all our factories have long been closed, have now been turned into some residential lofts. Um, and we don't have any machinery, we don't have any equipment. Everything has long been gone, right? And so from an, from a foreign standpoint, from a foreign person's standpoint, they look at our economy and they see it vibrant, but they don't realize that the only reason why it's vibrant is because we're giving them goods. They don't understand that the United States isn't producing any goods of its own. And in fact, it's political. All its advantages that it had, right? It's it's political stability. Um, and one could argue that the geographical stability is still there, but mainly it's political stability, right? It's judicial systems. It's it's strong police force. Uh, it's fair again, fair judicial system. All these things are slowly starting to deteriorate. There's really nothing this dollar could do for them. There's really n- nothing they could gain from this dollar. Because even if they don't want to buy any goods from here, they probably wouldn't want to live here regardless. And so the dollar loses value. So Amazon has tapped into that right there. It has tapped into that disadvantage that the United States uh, is now starting to have. And it used to be an advantage. Now it's it's become into a disadvantage in which the United States has gone a, uh, many years of, of telling the foreign producers, you know what, we're not produce. Uh, well, it's not telling them, but it's it's indirectly letting them know that we're not producing anything, but we promise we will produce something in the future because we have a strong political system, we have a strong judicial system, we have a strong economic foundation we have we have these really nice favorable business rules and regulations that don't hinder business they're just the help business supposedly and so they've been relying on this faith essentially they've been living we've been telling these foreign producers just believe in us and although we don't have anything to show for now just believe in us and one day we will make your savings worthwhile we will increase your standard of living with your accumulated dollars and this is how Amazon has tapped into it. They realize that the United States isn't going to produce ever. What what it's it's not going to fulfill any of its obligations about producing things and, and revitalizing this economy. And so it said, you know what? Let's take let's we understand that the current situation. And again, this is what, this surprisingly ties into what I've said about the education system, in which you, although you can't although you disagree with the current system. You're still living in it, so you still have to abide by it. Although you disagree with it, you can protest as much as you want, but you're only endangering yourself. You're you're probably are endangering others, and so the best plausible way is you could voice your opinions, but you still are living in the system. And so that's what this is what Amazon has done. They understood that the that the dollar is not backed by anything. We don't have any. We don't have a strong economic system that's that's backed by it. So. And prices are increasing, right? The these produce these foreign producers they're setting up camp over here. Their costs are going up. The the retailers also their costs are going up because now it's it, it, it's becoming even pricier for them to do business. So Amazon said, you know what? There's really nothing we could do. There's nothing we can't change this political uh, landscape. We can't change this economic uh, not this political landscape. I'm sorry, this economic landscape. We can't just all of a sudden you know abolish the Fed or or raise interest rates, or go back on a gold standard. And so, 
they said, you know what? Let's just go on with the delusion. Let's go on with this blind faith. And let's connect consumers directly to the producers so that our purchasing power doesn't go away. And and the, when we when we've discussed the uh, or when I've discussed, but I like to speak in the <laughs> the royal we, uh, when we've discussed the the disadvantages that the United States has now, the main disadvantage is re- it is on the foreigners, right? The foreigners now write all their dollars that they have saved is 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 all it's all going to waste. But they still have their factories. They still have their their goods that they've produced, and they could still produce them for themselves. The main uh, the main effect of this disadvantage is actually towards Americans. This is who the problem affects. It's us because now we don't produce. We can't buy the goods and services that they're producing. So we're both at dis, We're both at. Uh, we're both going to suffer some losses. Right, the the Americans are going to suffer losses because now they're missing out on the goods and services, and the foreigners are going to suffer on their losses because all their accumulated dollars and savings are all going to go to waste. But guess what? They still have those, uh, you know, the mechanisms for producing their goods and services. They still have the factories. They still have uh, the machinery. They still have the equipment. They still have the labor. All that is still there. We don't have any of that. We not only do we not have the, the means of production, we don't have the actual uh, goods and services. So we eventually, conclusively, we're the ones who suffer the most from this. And so the, the what Amazon has done is said, you know what? They're gonna we're gonna suffer no matter what. So just in the meanwhile, while this delusion is still occurring, let's let Americans artificially and promptly have a delusion of increased wealth of an increased standard of living because again as i said when you buy the goods directly from the producer you're buying them at a cheaper price and and that's how amazon has grown Right, people, and this is why I think an important reason why we haven't seen as much inflation as we expected, and this is why I think you could also just look at the CPI. Why the CPI hasn't gotten uh, hasn't increased as significant as we hoped it would. It's because of Amazon artificially uh, lowering the costs. And it's when, when again, when the CPI doesn't go up, you're well. If the CPI net does not increase, you're you're essentially saying your standard of living is is uh, is staying the same, right? You're not your your purchasing power is staying the same. So, without Amazon, our purchasing power would have been would have been decreasing on its own, right? These we've we've been piling on rules and regulations. Um, the again the path that we've been on since the since up until the 80s we uh the costs have been going up for 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 retailers retailers have been pushing those costs to consumers so ultimately and also the foreigners now are finding it more expensive to actually set up camp in 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 america but amazon has said you know what let's give americans an illusion that they're purchasing power is in fact uh is 
actually not increasing. So it's giving them the solution that it's not increasing, but in fact, it still is decreasing. It's just they've sort of curbed it a little bit. Um, and that's what Amazon has done. It's it's tapped into this weakness of the American uh, economic, and you could even go as far as to saying it's it's our economic po- uh, philosophy, because th- this is what people believe now. It's no longer all right. We acknowledge is the problem, but we're just trying to you know take this unfair advantage. It's people actually now believing in the delusion that the United States could just print as much money as it wants. It doesn't have to produce anything. We could just buy things from other countries. And it's become a mainstream uh, philosophical idea now, uh, f- an economic philosophical idea. So, and Amazon has tapped into that, and, and that's why uh, that's why they've been successful. And so, and again, it explains why we haven't seen an increase in the CPI, why we haven't seen why we haven't seen an increase in inflation, and why relatively. People are in the delusion that everything's everything's all right, everything's going good. But it's it's only because Amazon has now allowed consumers to connect directly with producers, foreign producers, and reap the benefits of this artificially low uh, prices. But they're artificially low because again, you're connecting them directly. And if uh, now fundamentally, there's nothing wrong with that. If I buy a good from from a foreign producer versus if I buy it from from a retailer, from from the basics of it, there's nothing wrong with that. But there is something wrong when you're giving those foreign producers worthless dollars. Then there's a problem there because you're you're living day to day, hoping that they won't uh, realize your bluff. Now you can give worthless dollars to your retailers because those retailers are just now going to give those worthless dollars to their employees, and their employees are going to go out there and then purchase. Uh, so the, the the worthless dollars just stay within the country. What's dangerous is when these worthless dollars go to other countries, and then they realize um, these these dollars are worthless, and then they stop doing whatever they're doing. Right in this case, uh, exporting goods to us. So hopefully that answers the question. I uh, try to summarize all my points into uh, in relation to why Amazon has become the Goliath of, of a company that, that it has become. And it's tapped into the weakness, right? The very fact that Amazon is succeeding is proof that our economy is not good. Because if our economy is actually good, you would see consumers buying goods from retailers, buying goods in stores, and us producing goods. But in fact, A, there's not enough goods being produced to meet up with the demand of our consumers, and again, we've we've priced out our 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 uh, domestic producers completely. And second, we we can fool the foreign producers into thinking that we have this uh, viable economy, and so we can give them our dollars, uh, and we can impute a certain value on those dollars in return for the real tangible goods. And so this is the this is the problem that has uh that Amazon has tapped into and which has allowed this this phony economy to continue to become phony and not actually collapse in and of itself. I just want to add a brief timeline of the uh the US's relationship with manufacturing. 
So, you know, late 19th century, early 20th century, we've been manufacturing and selling our own goods domestically. Um, And what that entails is you had manufacturers producing the goods in the U.S. as well as selling their own goods through their own uh, means in the U.S., So you had a bunch of stores that produced all types of things, produced shoes, and then those individual producers sold their own goods in their own stores. So you would never see them sell them to a retailer and then the retailer then resells them. So the concept of retailers wasn't even in place, uh, you know, early 1900s, uh, late 1800s, because we didn't need to, right? We, We had the factories here. The factories uh, then uh, set up shop. It was very, you know, cheap to set up shop, and then those shops produ- uh, sold the goods that they produced, and they were bought directly from the manufacturer. You could see how prices were were relatively lower. Um, you know, ignoring inflation, prices were still relatively lower uh, in this fashion. And again, that has many advantages. As I said, one being that the price is lower. Um, there's not a lot of risk involved and, you know, all of that factors into the price. Starting 1950s, we've started to evolve a little bit. We've started to tack on a bunch more taxes, a bunch more regulation, and these manufacturers, these, the, the source, the producers started to move elsewhere. So we've started to make it more expensive to produce goods over here. And so All these producers were being exported to other countries. Now, you could see what happens. Now the the producers are located around the world, and they now have to sell their goods to the U.S., and you could see there there needs to be a logistics network there, individual per, per manufacturer. And as well, the manufacturer now has to compete with the producers and other nations, uh, the producers of the the foreign nations. So there's there's still, if you know, if the producer, the domestic producer, was just here, uh, it just has to compete with its own domestic producers. But now, when it goes overseas, not only does it has to, com- uh, not only does it compete with other domestic producers, it also has to compete with foreign uh, producers. And again, there's risks with sending the the goods over here. Um, and so when this started to accumulate, you sort of need you, a lot of the companies now found it too expensive to set up shop over here. Obviously some uh, you know the really expensive stores had some capital to to set up shop. But a lot of the normal you know consumer goods that went to the lower class, the middle class, you know the profit margins are not as great in that, they don't have the excess capital to actually set up shop and deal with the regulations and the taxes here domestically. So what they did was, you know what, let's institute a middleman uh, and then we'll sell them the goods and then uh, those goods will, the the retailers will then sell uh, our goods. And this is where the concept of of retailing started to to come in handy uh, or started to to come about now. uh, The... I'm arguing that this scenario, obviously the most ideal scenario is the one that we had in the early 1900s and the late 1800s, where you had producers domestically selling their own goods here. There's no middleman. You get the most efficient uh, 
means of production and you get the, the lowest cost. But given this scenario that we were in in the 1950s with more regulations, more taxes, making it more expensive for, for producers to stay at home, they were forced elsewhere. And then the concept of retailers started to emerge. And this is where malls started to emerge, right? And this is where Macy's, JCPenney, all these massive retailers, all these uh, uh, these large chain uh, stores started emerging. And again, they weren't producing any of their own goods. All they're doing is uh, taking goods made elsewhere and reselling them to, to their customers. And there's a surcharge there, obviously, right? If the producer is selling you the good, now you need to institute a surcharge uh, as compared to before where there is no surcharge. They're selling the goods themselves. And in that whole landscape, you also had, uh, obviously, our derailment from, uh, from, from being under a gold standard. And so you had... All these retailers selling these goods, taking in those dollars, uh, and then buying goods from the producers and also giving them dollars. So this is where the whole disruption, in my opinion, started in which all these producers now were were being fleeced, to say, right? They're being fleeced of their goods and they're just being given paper dollars. But that's besides the point. I'm just looking at the, the actual means of production. And then... Regulations, taxes got even more onerous and the dollar started to lose even more value in which now the retailers themselves can't even operate. The retailers themselves are struggling, right? You have the producers who were struggling at first, then they instituted the, the, the retailers. Now the retailers themselves are also struggling. And that's what, what we've started to see late 90s, early 2000s and I would say the breaking point is probably right now I think this is going to be the end of retailers as we know it and this is where Amazon comes in because Amazon sees that it's impossible to do business here it's impossible consumers cannot deal with businesses domestically because just the the taxes are onerous the regulations are stifling these businesses these businesses cannot compete And so Amazon, this is where Amazon comes in. They tapped into this weakness. And so Amazon says, you know what? Let's connect the consumers directly to the producers in those four nations. I mean, and this is the way it was done back in the 1800s, 1900s. The consumers bought goods directly from the producers. But the only difference is those producers were located here domestically. But Amazon said, you know, and this is all with the help of the Internet, right? If the Internet wasn't uh, set in place, none of this would have been able to happen. And in fact, we can thank the Internet for giving us a little bit of this stretch before the whole system collapsed. Now, again, I'm not arguing that we should postpone this this, uh, this inevitable collapse. I'm just saying uh, this is this is the scenario, right? This is the this is unfortunately what we have to live with. And if you can't change it, you just have to, to stick with it and live with it. So Amazon looked at that weakness and they connected the consumers to the producers directly. And that's the and, and effectively that made our costs a little bit lower because there's no middleman. There's no retailer there. Uh, and this is, again, all because of the Internet. Right. You could argue, why didn't we go from uh, the producers selling directly to the consumers uh, during the start of the 50s? But there was no logistics network set in place uh, being helped by the Internet. 
right? The, the, the logistics network was impossible. So you had to have some sort of businessman located in the domestic country selling your goods. You can't do it remotely. Uh, but through the internet, it, it, it came in line with perfect timing just uh, in time when these retailers started to do bad, right? These retailers were already doing bad. It's not like uh, they were doing good up until Amazon came. Their there's their downhill you know slope was already starting, uh, you know mid '90s late '90s and this is before the internet really went uh, mainstream. I would argue the internet went mainstream in the early in the, in the 2000s. I mean you could argue that yeah a lot of schools had it businesses were using the internet but for shopping for for business use it wasn't as prevalent as it is. Uh, you know, starting the 2000s, 2005, and up until, I would say, 2010. So you see this weakness that Amazon tapped into. And so it gives us a little, uh, it gave us an artificial barrier to these high prices um, and and producers just giving up and not even uh, selling to the U.S. But Amazon allowed for that, a little, that intermediate, um, pause on the this inevitable collapse but again it's still going to happen right you're still going to see bit by bit these producers themselves now starting to lose interest in selling it to the u.s um because a they they're they're giving dollar they're 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 being um they're trading these goods that they're producing for these worthless dollars and these worthless dollars aren't going to be able to buy them anything domestically right Forget the gold standard. Forget the the uh, the redeemability to gold. These foreign producers now that they're giving these dollars now, like you know, if I'm an individual, I saved up a bunch of dollars. Now it's time for me to to you know, I want to retire. I want to reap the benefits. There's nothing I could do with these dollars. There's nothing I could purchase if I want to go back to the the, the the nation that that exports these dollars and I want to look for goods to buy. There's nothing there. All they're doing is living by the goods that we're producing. They're not actually producing stuff of their own. And this is what's dangerous. This is what happens when you get off a gold standard because it provides tendencies for a nation to do what the U.S. did. And that is to just import a bunch of goods and still claim that you're under, you know, that still claim that your economy is viable and functional and, and equitable but in fact, you're just living on the riches from the past, right? Because the United States got successful, people sort of lost what it meant to become successful. And they thought the success was just implanted in with our politics, our judicial system, as I said. And so they forget about the economics. And this is where uh, the inevitable crash is going to happen. So that's what Amazon tapped into. So I hopefully I answered the question and I hope you guys stay safe.